All right. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com, a fantastic live segment from Santiago, Chile, with Andre Vilcek just before the break. If you missed any of the live broadcast, you can catch this show afterwards on the podcasting platforms, as we mentioned earlier. Now, our next guest uh, is an author of note. He is the author of Bombs for Peace, America's, U.S.'s humanitarian war in Yugoslavia. And he is also an international political commentator. Uh, there's a link to his book on the show page. His name is George Samuley. He's joining us on the live link right now to discuss the main tent, the main attraction right now in Washington uh, in terms of the circus is the main tent is the impeachment hearings, the Ukraine gate impeachment hearings. And George is joining us now to help to help explain what, what we're looking at here. George, this is uh, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> Firstly, I'm speechless because this is happening. Um, but secondly, by what I've witnessed over the last few days on television, and I, I admit, I confess I've wasted an average of six hours a day watching these hearings because I find them fascinating in a morbid, macabre sort of mm-hmm. way, George. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> what, what's your impressions of this event so far? Well, I think you put it uh, very well. Uh, it is morbid and macabre, and you know, if you spend six hours a day watching it, you feel like you've spent six hours of a day watching TV soaps and um, sitcoms. You know, you really feel mentally polluted uh, as a result. Um, the case that the, uh, the Democrats are trying to present uh, against Donald Trump is absurdly weak. Um, they are trying to present, I mean, it's very hard to articulate exactly what the case is, but roughly speaking, the case is that uh, Donald Trump uh, sought to withhold uh, U.S. military assistance uh, from Ukraine uh, in, in exchange, or, you know, in, you know, unless Ukraine committed itself to investigating Burisma, um, and in particular, its connection with Hunter Biden, who was on the board of Burisma, and obviously uh, Joe Biden. The problem with the entire thesis is, of course, that there's no evidence that uh, Donald Trump ever conditioned military assistance on um, Ukraine pledging itself to um, uh, investigating Burisma. And the military assistance was released to uh, Ukraine Uh, without Ukraine ever making any public uh, commitment uh, or even any private commitment to uh, investigating uh, Burisma. And so the the thesis really is, you know, to an outsider, is just bizarre. What what exactly did Trump do that is um, impeachable? Because uh, he, the president, the president alone, is responsible for foreign policy. It's entirely within his discretion. If he feels that it's in the national interest that uh, any military assistance uh, to uh, Ukraine be conditioned on Ukraine investigating corruption within its country, then that's the president's prerogative to do so. And in fact, the president would be absolutely right to do so because the money involved, which is $400 million dollars, 
is an awful lot of money to give to a, a very poor country uh, such as Ukraine and a country that is beset by vast corruption. I mean, so what would be, uh, what would stop uh, this corrupt authorities in Ukraine from getting its hands on the $400 million and immediately parceling it out among themselves or dispatching it to some of those fascist um, Azov battalions. There's no guarantee. So it's very much in the U.S. interest to say that before we give you any more uh, money, no strings attached, uh, could you please uh, look into the uh, extent of corruption that uh, is going on in Ukraine? Because keep in mind, uh, since 2014 and the uh, overthrow of um, the government of uh, Viktor Yanukovych, an awful lot of money, billions and billions of dollars are poured into Ukraine. Uh, money from the European Union, money from the IMF, money from the United States. And all this money is gone. What does Ukraine have to show for all, all these funds? Um, and, you know, by the, the accounts of these um, diplomats and policymakers and officials who have been testifying, um, mostly in secret up until now, but now last week for the first time in public, according to them, corruption is now worse than ever in Ukraine. And why should anyone be surprised? I mean, if you just pour lots and lots of uh, free money into a country, into a very poor country, well, what do, you, what do you expect? Well, all this money is going to be stolen, and what isn't stolen will be wasted and misused. So the president had every um, right to condition any further um, military aid on an investigation of uh, corruption. So um, that's why the, 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 the Democrats' thesis, what, what they're trying to achieve is uh, is baffling. I mean, if you, as I say, if you try to explain this to anyone who's on the outside, they would not understand what they're accusing Trump of. And of course, what's really behind this is just an attempt to um, damage Trump politically. Um, the leadership of the uh, House, you know, obviously Nancy Pelosi, um, think that they've got the votes. They have the votes to impeach Trump. They think that they can get it done very quickly, have, a, have some hearings, send, send the whole thing off to uh, the House Judiciary Committee. The House Judiciary Committee will um, uh, formulate the articles of impeachment. The House votes on it. The, the Democrats have the majority. And then they can just simply dispatch it to the, um, the Senate and then let the Senate deal with it. It's, it's going to be their headache. They can, they, you know, whatever happens. The, the, the Democrats can then attack the Republican leadership on, on the Senate. They can just accuse them of whitewashing Trump or running interference for Trump, um, but then it'll be their problem. And so the Democrats will, will, will look golden and say, okay, well, we did what we did. We, you know, we made a principled position, and now look what the Republicans are doing. They're refusing to convict uh, Trump. So I think that's the, that's the democratic calculation. It's a very cynical calculation. And, of course, it's also a very reckless calculation because I think it damages um, the United States internationally. It certainly has damaged Ukraine uh, considerably. And, again, it's certainly damaging to any prospect of any improvement of U.S.-Russian relations, which um, uh, Donald Trump had run on in 2016. Well, that, that seems to be the main point there, the last point you made, which is the main anchor of all of this effort, is is to keep uh, relations on ice. 
uh, between the United States and, and Russia. But I, I find that the comment I've heard when I've had arguments with uh, Democrats on this issue, which you'll find quite amusing, George, is that mm-hmm. by holding up military aid to the Ukraine, that this costs lives. It costs lives in their war against Russia. Uh, th- mm-hmm. This is what I've been told. And so he's put lives at risk. And, and this is what congressmen have said as well, including Adam Schiff. And this is a country, as you said, George, it, it, it's the top of the league tables on the international corruption index. If Trump's going to be impeached for anything, it would be for giving arms to this, yes. to this government after the war yes. crimes that they have yes. most clearly committed. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, so, yes, yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean that's that that's the, the 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 funny thing. The other thing, George, is that they've they've gone from quid pro quo. In other words, uh, investigate Hunter Biden, uh, and I'll release this aid to you to Zelensky between Trump and Zelensky. And now, now, George, what do you make of this? Now they've changed it. It's now bribery. Mm-hmm. They, they yes. they've raised the bar on this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's mm-hmm. a wise move? No, because um, they're going to find it uh, extremely difficult. Uh, to prove bribery. I mean, if you bribe someone, you have to offer that person uh, something um, in exchange for uh, a service rendered or um, threaten to withhold something uh, in exchange for a service rendered. They don't have this. They don't have this any, anything like that. Um, you know, at no point has any, did Trump ever condition um the military aid to uh, the Ukrainians uh, on their investigating Burisma. Uh, as you know, it's been reported, and I'm sure you've seen this, it's been reported extensively, that the Ukrainians didn't even know that the money was being withheld until they read about it in Politico on August the 29th. So that was the first time they ever heard that the money was being uh, temporarily uh, halted. So it's very hard to then uh, present a case of, well, they were being bribed. I mean, you can't really bribe someone if the person who's being bribed doesn't even know that he's being bribed. So, uh, you know, the, the case is um, ridiculous. But if Trump had actually issued that publicly and said, we will withhold aid until uh, I can see some evidence that Ukraine is serious about cracking down on corruption until I see some evidence that uh, you've put some institutions in place uh, to investigate not only Burisma, but everything else that's been going on in Ukraine uh, for years and years. And until that happens, we're not going to give you another cent. Then Trump would be, you know, entirely within his rights. He would be acting in the American national interest. He would be uh, implementing the program that he had run on in um, 2014. I mean, 2016. Um, but uh, but so you know, the, you know, I th- and I think clearly this was Trump's thinking. I mean, we we, we get a sense of this from the uh, comments of the acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney that Trump was thinking along those lines. Uh, you know, why are we giving them all this uh, military assistance? We know what a corrupt place it is. I mean, this money will all be stolen. None of it is going to find itself anywhere. Um, and, you know, and I think Trump sensibly realizes what none of these um, bureaucrats, diplomats, military types who have been testifying uh, want to acknowledge, that for Ukraine to continue 
fighting this war uh, in the Donbass, it's just suicidal. And, it's, uh, and, and that it's crazy to do so. And for the United States to continue fueling this by providing money, providing military aid, it's helping no one. It's, helping, it's not helping Kiev, certainly not helping the people in the Donbass, and it's certainly not helping any possible improvement in U.S.-Russian relations, which is you know, at an you know, all-time low right now, probably worse than any time in the Cold War. So I think Trump's instincts were that, well, what's the U.S. interest in just simply handing over the $400 million? No questions asked. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, um, oh, by the way, you're right, George, you're right. That That is the reason this, again, back to the original point here, the reason this is happening and the reason they don't want those relations to improve, they don't want uh, the Donbass to improve is because as soon as the Minsk Accords are implemented, then the EU, the EU is obliged to drop sanctions against Russia, economic sanctions. Yes. That's a big yes. thing. And then the U.S. is on its own. And believe me, Germany would like nothing better than to have an open trading channel yes. with Russia, yes. mm -hmm. as would Russia. So yes. then the game's over at that point. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, so that, that's, that's exactly right. You're, you, you put, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, that is the last thing that U.S. policymakers want. They, they, they want to keep this war going for as long as possible. And that's why Zelensky... Um, is clearly was suspicious of U.S. officialdoms and their attitude toward him. And he, he clearly didn't like um, Yovanovitch, Masha Yovanovitch, and, and he expressed this dislike for her in that famous July 25th telephone call with Trump uh, because he said, I think she was on um, Poroshenko's side. Because these people, they don't want Zelensky to pursue any kind of reconciliation with Russia. They want this, to, uh, this war to continue. Now, of course... U.S. officials pretend that they're really strongly behind Zelensky and that he's this great young man who really wants to crack down on corruption and rebuild Ukraine. And, you know, we're all 100 percent behind him. That wasn't their attitude. Uh, they didn't want this. And in fact, you know, if you look at the testimony of some of these, again, these U.S. officials, they were against Zelensky actually meeting Trump. They wanted to stop this, like people like Fiona Hill. She said she didn't want Zelensky to meet Trump. Again, they're pretending now that they wanted this all along, and it was Trump who was reluctant to meet him. They didn't want Zelensky to meet Trump because they suspected that Trump would probably encourage Zelensky to seek reconciliation and to end the war in the Donbass. And Zelensky might say, yeah, yeah, um, I think I'll do that. Because that was really the basis of Zelensky's mandate. I mean, he won more than 70% of the uh, popular vote, an extraordinary victory. Um, and the program was that he, the war has to come to an end, that these, these five years of Poroshenko has been a catastrophe for Ukraine. This war is an absolute catastrophe. And that the only sensible uh, policy is uh, to bring this to an end. And that's the last thing that U.S. policymakers like Fiona Hill, like John Bolton, like Ambassador Bill Taylor, the whole bunch of them who have been testifying. That's that's it. And Yovanovitch herself, of course, they they don't want to see that. They want they want this war to go on um, ad infinitum. Let, let, let's talk about some of these witnesses that helped mm -hmm. to kick off these whole, uh, entire proceedings, starting with the, the whistleblower, mm -hmm. uh, whose, whose name is already out in public. It's yep. been out in public since mm -hmm. the beginning of October, Eric mm -hmm. CIA Ramella. Yep. So there's no, there's no secret there, but mm -hmm. he's not allowed to testify, according to Adam Schiff. 
uh, and he he kickstarted this whole this whole these whole proceedings. Then you have the experts. The I love the experts, George. The <laughs> Russia experts, Fiona yes. Hill. And yes. I listen to Doctor Dr. Fiona Hill. She's always Doctor. You know, Dr. She, she Fiona has a PhD. Hill. You know, good, good for her. But why does she get to be always Doctor Doctor Hill? Just hysterical rantings about the KGB and everything else. And and then I, then we'll get to well, the the ambassadors, Ambassador Taylor, and so forth. So these are all the experts. And as you as you rightly pointed out, George, before their job is to execute uh, CIA policy uh, in Ukraine's you know deep state policy, national security, permanent state policy, which is bad relations with Russia. Don't implement yeah. minks. Keep the sanctions on. That's your job. Get in there. Get it done, basically, yeah. by hook or crook. So Trump's come in trying to do something. Zelensky's trying to do something. And they're being stopped and blocked by, basically, mm-hmm. the Obama holdouts and mm-hmm. the permanent state. That's the way yes. I'm seeing it. So let's look at Marie Vovanovich. Okay. Yeah. Listen to this clip. And this is uh, this is the, the the congressman from Texas, Republican, by the way, uh, who is interrogating supposedly uh, Masha Vovanovich, and he's he's giving us a forty five second history lesson for the Ukraine, which is absolutely extraordinary. Go ahead and listen to this closely. I'll interrupt a couple of times for a very brief comment, and then we'll get back into this. But it's a very short segment. Go ahead and roll this. Now, I'm nervous about what I'm getting ready to do. I want to do a five-year history of Ukraine in about 45 seconds. And now that you're a a professor, you can grade my paper, okay? Valentine's Day 2014, the Ukrainian people get fed up with the Ukrainian president, Yanukovych, and basically overthrow him. He goes on the run. This was the um, revolution of dignity. Um, who was the acting president during that time when Yanukovych went out? I think it was... Uh, Churchnov, is that how you say it? Churchinov, thank you for helping me. Churchinov, okay, excellent. Okay, right there, stop, stop right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Okay, George, right off the bat, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm questioning her, her competence yes. as, as an ambassador of the United States of America yep. in Kiev. Mm-hmm. I'm really questioning it right off the bat, right there. Yep. I mean... Okay, but there's more. I want you to hear the rest. Go ahead and Mm -hmm. roll this. Mm -hmm. Then in March of 2014, that is when we saw little green men um, coming into Ukraine and ultimately uh, the Russians invade the Ukraine and not only annex, try to annex um, Crimea, uh, but also try to, they invade the entire country in the eastern Donbass as well. Yes. Um, Then there was an election. Hold on, hold on, hold on a minute. Did you hear that, George? (laughs) Yes, I did. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the yeah, Russia yeah. invaded the entire country. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. she said, and she said yes. <laughs> and she's yeah, the ambassador yeah. from the U.S. to the Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, when uh, did I, Russia I, invade I, Ukraine? I, I I'm still waiting for a date because it should yes. be in the history books, George. Right? There should be. Yes, we should be able quiet. to teach our students on this day. Russia invaded yes. in these cities. And this, t- you know, yes. w- when did it That's happen? Right. Quite so. Like, yeah, the, 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 it was the, the mysterious date when Russian tanks rolled across the, uh, the border into Ukraine. You remember there was a Guardian journalist, um, uh, I think Walker was his name. I, I, I can't remember the exact name. And he said that, well, I witnessed Russian tanks rolling across the border into Ukraine. 
pity I left my camera at home, you know, because otherwise I could have taken some photographs. But, you know, too bad. I just don't have my didn't have my camera with me. So, yeah, it's a kind of a, a totally fictional event of the Russian invasion. Um, but nonetheless, it's continually uh, repeated uh, in the uh, in the media, uh, just as the uh, whole illegal annexation of uh, Crimea is continually repeated. Um, as is, you know, Ukraine's legal entitlement to Crimea is repeated endlessly, as if Crimea has been historically uh, part of Ukraine rather than just an arbitrary act uh, perpetrated by Khrushchev 60 years ago. So, yeah, this is a part of the, um, uh, the fiction, historical fiction that is, uh, you know, being wrought here in the United States and, of course, uh, in, in the West. I, I, and I see so so many of these. Uh, I see it in the Roger Stone trial. I see it here mm-hmm. in the impeachment hearing. It's also the, it's a, it's an opportunity for them to nail down this version of history, mm-hmm. whether it's WikiLeaks and 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 Russia, mm-hmm. or whether it's you know the Ukraine or Crimea. Mm-hmm. They use this opportunity to to really nail nail it down. And and Vovanovich did something else, which you pointed out on Twitter, George. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's supposed to be a champion. They're they're lauding her as this champion of anti-corruption. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she was asked point blank if she could mm-hmm. name any businesses or companies yep. in the Ukraine. And what yep. what was the result of that? And the result is she couldn't. I mean, she was repeatedly asked by uh, Representative Zeldin, uh, "Where what companies or and individuals were you ur- urging the Ukrainian uh, prosecuting authorities to investigate?" And she couldn't name any. And then he asked her, well, how many are we talking about? I mean, was it five, 50, you know, 500, 1,000? How many? Well, I, I, I don't really know. I mean, you know, it's, you know I, I don't deal with it directly myself. There are people on, on my staff uh, who do it. So, you know, the whole story that she was a, a, a fighter for against corruption, there's no evidence for it. But again, the, uh, the, the, the ridiculous, obsequious media just bought into the story that she was a valiant fighter against corruption. And keep in mind also that the Pentagon had certified that the $400 million, the famous $400 million, could be released to Ukraine because Ukraine has uh, done everything possible to address uh, corruption within the country. So... On the one hand, you have these officials who all come along and testify uh, to Schiff's committee. Oh, God, corruption is just endemic. It's terrible. We're doing our best to fight against it. But it's really it's, you know, heavy going against corruption. That's why Zelensky won this huge mandate. You know, the Ukrainians are tired of corruption. You know, they want some young man to fight against it. So if corruption is so bad. How, how could you certify that Ukraine has done everything that you possibly can to fight corruption, send the money over right away? So, you know, it's a fraud. They never did anything about it. And incidentally, also uh, about Yovanovitch, which she revealed in her deposition and was asked about it briefly during her testimony, is that she knew about the Burisma business. And she knew about the Burisma business because the Obama administration had prepped her on that subject. They, they prepped her when she was um, going in for her confirmation hearing uh, in 2016. So the Obama administration knew it had a problem on its hand about Burisma, and she did nothing about it. She just, she, she knew what she was supposed to say. They gave her a line. If you're asked about Burisma, tell them to refer all questions to Vice President Biden's office. That's what they told her. Tell, tell Congress that. 
refer all questions to Vice President Biden's office. And then, once she becomes ambassador, she doesn't do a damn thing about Burisma. You know, a remarkably incurious person. You know, have, you know, don't you think that there might be something interesting going on here? There's something that affects the United States, uh, corruption and so on? Nope. She didn't, didn't look into it for one bit. And they, they, they furthered the narrative that uh, prosecutor uh, General Victor Shulkin was uh, mm-hmm. corrupt and so forth, mm-hmm. when in fact he was, mm-hmm. he was investigating uh, Burisma and the corrupt mm-hmm. oligarchs there. And he had yes. a little war going with Poroshenko, and then Poroshenko changed his mind. There's a whole story behind yes. that. Okay, yes. But, yes. but it's very – it just shows the – we're not picking on Masha Vovanovich. We're just showing the ineptitude. Of mm-hmm. most of these U.S. policy operatives, mm-hmm. yep. and the, the fact that they're just running cover for uh, a, a deeper agenda, which I think we've yes. outlined pretty pretty well here. Mm-hmm. But listen yes. to this: this is the mm-hmm. ultimate. This is the ultimate. Now, there's a, a few mi- epic takedowns of George Kent by Elisa Stefanik, mm-hmm. Stefanik mm-hmm. Uh, the Republican mm-hmm. congressman from New York. Yes. But listen to this: this is Chris Stewart from Utah. Republican congressman mm-hmm. from Utah, and he is talking to Masha Vovanovich here, and he, he lays it down very simple, and this I was very impressed with this, mm-hmm. I have to say. L- listen, to, listen to this. He questions mm-hmm. her on the basis of this whole affair, and basically, I think this is a slam dunk, if there was ever a slam dunk. Listen to this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and others. And uh, Ambassador, thank you for being with us here today. Uh, welcome, as I said last uh, a couple of days ago to the witnesses. Welcome to year four of the impeachment proceedings. I'm sorry that you've gotten drugged into this. For three years, we've heard these outrageous and frankly unbelievable accusations regarding Russian collusion, uh, accusations that we now are, know are absolute nonsense. There was no basis at all, despite promises from some members of this committee that they had secret proof that would prove this collusion. And again, we know that it was nonsense. But now in year four, We apparently move on to Ukraine and quid pro quo, culminating yesterday when the Speaker announced that the President would indeed be impeached and removed for office for bribery. And with that uh, statement, I would now feel compelled to ask you, Madam Ambassador, as, as you sit here before us, very simply and directly, do you have any information regarding the President of the United States accepting any bribes? No. Do you have any information regarding any criminal activity that the President of the United States has been involved with at all? No. Thank you. Thank you for answering that directly. The American people know this is nonsense. The American people know this is unfair. And I have a prediction regarding this. I think that public support for impeachment is actually going to be less when these hearings are over than it is when the hearings began. Because finally, the American people are going to be able to see the evidence. And they're going to be able to make their own determination regarding that. Now, I want to ask you one thing very quickly, and you've been asked this again and again, but my question is slightly different. You've been asked, as you recognize, that the president, any president, has the ability to ask his ambassadors to serve at will. I'm curious, do you think that's the right policy? Yeah, I probably think it is. I I do as well. It may be imperfect. There may be times when it's not used perfectly, but I agree with you. It is the right policy. I don't think that we should change that. Now, I'd like to read from some previous statements, including one of your own as well. So that was 
that was what so what based on that george there's so what's the point of her testifying it was it was just to sort of big up her her credentials and her bona fides mm-hmm. and essentially that was a uh, the world's biggest employee tr- uh, unfair dismissal hearing post facto yes. and yes. therapy session basically right no, no that's right yeah they it, it, exactly that, that's right there's another clip I, I don't know if you intend to play it is the one with the um when she was cross-examined by uh, Representative Jim Jordan, um, which was quite um, illuminating um, because he was able to cite all sorts of um, examples in which Ukrainian officials, uh, including the Ukrainian ambassador to the United States, who got themselves involved in the 2016 election uh, on the side of Hillary Clinton and against Donald Trump. And and then he asked her, Masha, that, well, weren't you a little concerned about this? You know, didn't you feel that you needed to raise this issue with the um, President Poroshenko or somebody in the Ukrainian government? And she said, well, you know, I didn't really do it. I said, and, you know, he says, well, did you ask anyone about it? You, do you think that this is inappropriate for Ukraine to start interfering in U.S. elections? Well, I don't know whether it was really the policy of the Ukraine government and maybe it was just individuals. Um well, how could she know whether this was or was not the policy of the Ukraine government since she didn't even bother to raise the issue with Poroshenko and ask, you know, is this your policy or is this just people uh, speaking off the bat uh, for themselves? She didn't do that. And, you know, and also this is, of course, a, an argument contrary to the usual one we hear when any Russian anywhere who does anything is always doing it on behalf of Putin himself. So, but apparently we can have Ukraine ambassadors, you can have Ukraine politicians, uh, Ukraine interior minister. They can interfere in the um, uh, U.S. election, but apparently they're just doing it as individuals. They're not, they're not doing it on behalf of the Ukraine government. So, um, and, you know, you know, this wasn't just what Marsha said. I mean, Fiona Hill had said something similar in her deposition, and doubtless she'll say the same in her uh, testimony next week. <laughs> so, you know, that's, those are all pretty strong points uh you've made there george and i think uh the 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 evidence kind of speaks for itself here but uh unfortunately i think you're right this will be uh wrapped up in uh stalinist fashion by (laughs) adam schiff nicely uh and it will be exported uh to the other chamber of government in the u.s and then what's going to happen george is that democrats will all stand around even when congress probably It'll it'll die in it'll die in in the Senate, and they'll all say, "But but Congress ruled that the president is guilty of bribery, and that will be sort of the that's good enough for the historic record, mm-hmm. right yep. there." And yes, just yes. like the Mueller probe that Paul Manafort's in jail, people they're holding him up as the sort of mm-hmm. trophy uh, mm-hmm. that, that that Russian collusion exists yep. because Manafort's in jail and George Papadopoulos did fourteen days. And so it must it must be true. So this is where yeah. we're at. We're, we're we're in a totally polarized position. I don't know where it's going to end, George, but I think hopefully we'll we'll have more to talk about on this. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure in, we will. Yes, in the very near future. So uh, we might do a post mortem on this. We might <laughs> maybe get you back for this. I really enjoyed this analysis, George. George Samuelie, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Author, author, and international political commentator. You can see him on RT and a number of other networks. There's a link to his book on the show page, Bombs for Peace. I highly recommend it about Yugoslavian war. And uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again. Thank you so much, George. 
Thank you. Hope so too. Oh, there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's George Samuley, author and political commentator. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to go for a final segment of Overdrive with Basil Valentine, our roving correspondent for Culture and Sport. We're going to talk about Prince Andrew's interview on the BBC, uh, but also about the UK elections is getting more bizarre. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Stay right there. 